Hey, it's so good to be here with you this morning. And uh, it's funny when I, I sit there and watch that, that video, and man, that's old. It makes me feel old. You pro- Some of you younger people saying, well, where's the digital quality of that video? Hey, listen, that was on 16 millimeter film, okay? That's the best we can do, but it's so good to be here with you this morning. And I'm so grateful of the journey that God has had me on. And I'm going to tell you, God's got you on a journey this morning. And, and, and it's something to celebrate. And I, I, I think back when I had that dream as a little boy of playing in the NFL. And, and uh, I remember one of the games that I, that I played in when I was with the Detroit Lions. And some of you are saying, well, wait a minute, I didn't see Detroit on that video. And we didn't put it on there because it gets kind of confusing to try to keep up with what I did. I had four jerseys in one year, okay? So it confuses me. So we didn't want to put another one up there. But I remember a game that we were playing uh, against the Chicago Bears. And I was so excited because uh, it was national television. I knew friends at home were probably going to watch. And and I remember I was a a defensive back in the NFL. And it had come to a place close to the end of the first half with seconds left to go. And, and Chicago had the ball, and we were ahead. And so the defensive coach called the play, and it was a prevent defense, and I was part of the prevent package. So I ran in there, and I was so excited, and, and man, I lined up as the deep safety, and my job was to not let anybody get deep and, and score a cheap touchdown. And so um, I got back there and set up, and the ball was snapped, and, and sure enough, Chicago gave us all the reads that made it look like a pass. And so the defense just loosened up, and sure enough, they handed the ball off to this guy named Walter Payton. Now, I don't know if some of you in here know who Walter Payton is, but man, if, if you, yeah, sweetness is right. I think one of the greatest running backs to ever play the game. And I remember planting, and I remember thinking, okay, man, i got a bead on Walter Payton, and I'm running as fast as I can. He's running as fast as he can, and he breaks through the line, he breaks through the, the linebackers, and he's into the secondary, and boom, we hit. My teammates later told me Walter Payton hopped up and ran back to the huddle. But your old buddy Randy was laying there on the field like this. And I don't know why everybody laughs about that. That's just not that funny. Okay, but, but so I'm laying there, you know, and it's over close to the Chicago Bears sideline. And, and a coach comes out and he looks down at me and goes, Rich, Rich, are you okay? And I looked up at him and I said, yeah, coach. And then all of a sudden I realized I couldn't see out of my left eye. And I started to panic. I said, Coach, Coach, I can't see out of my left eye. I can't see out of my left eye. And about that time, he reached down and took my helmet and twisted it around. Okay? Because I don't know if you all know, but there's a face mask, and there's two holes for the ears. Well, my face mask went this way, and I was looking out of that that hole. Okay? Man, I felt silly, and I I walked over, get back over to the sidelines, and and, and, in the old... uh, stadium in, in Chicago, the fans were like about five yards away from you. And I start hearing these voices. Hey, what's the matter, number 40? Can't you take a hit? You ever been made fun of? You're too small to play. What are you doing out there? And man, I just started to think, golly, maybe they're right. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me. So wait a minute, man, I got the uniform on. So I looked and turned around and sure enough, it was those fat bellied beer drinking guys. You know what I'm talking about? That wish they were in the game trying to steal the joy and the hope I had of playing in the NFL. And I'll tell you, that was a a monument moment for me that that God would use as a remembrance. And let me tell you something. There are things that happen in our lives, you guys, that you need to remember as monumental uh, uh, intersections of your journey. 
where God shows up and says, I'm here. I'm always here. I love that. I love the, the one name that God has, Jehovah Shammah. God is always present. And I remember, man, oh man, God was present. But it was a time that, that man, I, you know, I just wondered what, what, what it would be like if, if I didn't accomplish that dream, what, what the hope that might be taken away. And, you know, I know that here this morning, I'm, I'm sitting here in a crowd of people like this, I know there's stuff going on. I know there are challenges in your life, there are circumstances, there are situations that, that maybe you feel like this morning you, you've lost hope. You feel hopeless about a job situation. You feel hopeless about the, the, a relationship. You feel hopeless that, that it's about a health issue. The loss of a loved one unexpected. Hope. God is hope. Folks, I'm here to tell you, God is hope. And He is here, and He is always here, and He has a promise to see you through every situation that we're faced with. You say, well, Randy, that's easy for you to say, man. You don't even know what's going on in my life right now. You have no idea the, the, the depth and gravity of the pain and the hopelessness. And I, I, just, I have to be real honest with you this morning, you guys. I'm, I'm in the midst of an ongoing painful situation and an ongoing what appears to me hopeless. I was married 22 years to my wife, Nancy. She endured all the years of football and all the years of arrogance, all the years of a black and white Christian that, that saw things black and white, right and wrong, rigid, rigid in my faith. Also endured unfaithfulness, not keeping my vows early in our marriage. A woman who sustained herself for 22 years, but, but three days after her dad died, for some reason, she was done. And I went through a divorce. Most painful thing I'd ever gone through in my life to this day. Began to understand what God meant when he said, I hate divorce. What it does to relationships. Three beautiful daughters. And um, relationships that have been torn. Relationships that have been strained. I have two of my... Three daughters that I haven't had a chance to talk to in four years. And it's, it's something that I have a deep hope in me because I know the God that I, I love and I know the God of our universe. I know your God, my God, here this morning is a God of hope. But I want to tell you, after first year, after second year, after third year, you start losing a little bit of that hope. And if I stood up here and said, no, man, I've got as much hope as I did in the beginning, I'd be lying to you. But I am here to tell you today and proclaim and declare that God, the same God, the same God that gave vision to Joseph, <coughs> excuse me, when he was in prison for one year, five years, seven years, ten years, thirteen years thrown away, that same God has a plan for your life, and it's not a plan of destitution. It's a plan of hope. And God wants to do something special in your life. And I'm going to tell you, amen. You ought to get excited about that. 
But I'm going to tell you what happens, folks, and I'm going to get a little goofy on you here. But when you go through a challenge in your life, you start putting labels on yourself, and you start letting other people put labels on yourself. I'm a broken vessel. I'm unwanted. Nobody wants me. I'm divorced. I'm damaged goods. I'm not fit. Listen to this. I'm not fit for God's use. How about this one? I'm a loser. Couldn't be trusted. Those were the kind of things that I started feeling. And I put these up here. It's kind of a goofy little illustration, but I want you to see something. When you start allowing that kind of stuff to sit on your chest, you begin, you begin to lose hope. And I'm here to tell you, God wants that stuff gone. He wants it off your... And I'll tell you, I don't know where you're at today, but God is a God of hope and He wants to do something special in your life, in your family. He's wanting to do something special and unique with this church and this community for such a time as this today. And I'm going to ask you this, folks, are you ready to receive that? Are you ready to receive the hope that God has for you today? Those stickers I love, man, I just love to throw them off. Because God, in that journey, that part of the journey of my life, God began to reveal to me in, that, in the lonely times of my quiet time with Him, He began to communicate to me very special things through His Scripture. And I mean many passages that came to life to me that had never, never hit me the same way. But one I want to share with you this morning and it's not where I'm going to land, guys. If you've if you got your Bible here, you can already turn it to Hebrews chapter 6. You can do that while I'm talking, Hebrews chapter, chapter 6. But I'm going to tell you, Philippians 1.6, Paul the Apostle, writing to the Philippians, says this, I am confident. This is the Apostle Paul saying this. I am confident of a number of things. Nope. One thing. Paul, who knew it all, said, I am confident of one thing, that he who began a good work in you, 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 will perfect it until you get better? Nope. Until the day of salvation. And what that means there, you guys, is simply this. God starts it, He works it out, and He finishes it until you go back to be with Him in heaven for eternity. Is that good news? That God is not done with you? God is not finished? That He's got a plan for you and your life? He's got a plan for this church? And it's built around the hope of the living God. And man, oh man, that's good news. That is good news. I I, I got some new glasses. I broke my glasses yesterday and I started to panic. (laughs) Because you don't know, some of you, oh, I see you're wearing glasses. If you don't have your glasses on, it's pretty hard to read notes. And I, I kind of thought, well, maybe that's God's way of saying, throw the notes away. Let me speak through you. And so I'm trusting a little bit of that. So if I go a little bit of rambling this morning, you'll know why, why it is. But there are a couple of things I've got I to make sure you hear this morning. God is a God of hope. And let me read some things I wrote down. Hope shines brightest when the hour's darkest. Man. Did I sense that? Did I feel that in my life when I was going through divorce? And even to this day, I've been divorced and I'm remarried to my lovely wife, Kathy, two years ago, but I was divorced 12 years. And uh, God kept me full of hope. 
hope in him. Not the, circ- not the hope of this world. Not the hope of what this world offers you. Not the, the, where you live, not the, the job you have, but the hope that only God can give you. Hope motivates when discouragement comes. You ever been discouraged? Man, I'll tell you what, I wake up every morning, sometimes 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, I've got this anxiety in me, and it's the enemy coming against me. I know it is. And it's, the, it's to try to discourage me. And I'm going to tell you, you've got to wake up every morning and you've got to thank God for the day He has given you and the life that He has called you to. And it's a life of glory and honor, not to you, but to Him. You are His honor and His glory. God motivates when discouragement comes. God sings when all melodies are gone. Oh man, I love, I, I work at K-Love. And everyone, I have some of my colleagues here. And we all share the same thing. And that is, man, how sweet it is that God would use a two and a half minute sermon wrapped up in a melody. Because God sings to you when there's not a song. Hope listens for answers when there's no one talking. Now, I'll tell you what, it's nice to come here and visit with my brothers, Scott and Brent and Bradley and Brent and all the guys here. But I'm going to tell you what, and it's encouraging. We, get, we encourage one another. A fellowship that started that I think God's going to do under unbelievable things with. And I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm, I'm full of anticipation. But, but what about those times when there's no one to talk to? God is the God of hope. Hope dares to give when no one else is sharing. And hope brings victory when there is no one winning. And here's my favorite one. Hope is that no one finds out you're the one that deflated the footballs. <laughs> Sorry, I had, to, I had to throw that in. <laughs> I mean, this is, football, this is football day in America, isn't it? No, isn't that something? That's crazy, isn't it? Don't, don't lose the focus. I might have distracted you there a bit. Don't, don't let that happen. Be careful. The voices you listen to, as I was talking about that crowd, you know, there's a crowd out there, and, it, and, and physically there is a crowd out there, but also there are voices right here. The Bible's clear. It says our battle's not against flesh and bone. It's against the powers and principalities of darkness around us. That means there is a war going on for your life day and night to discourage you and to have you be a people full of hopelessness. And I'm here to tell you, God is the true hope. And I go through anything. He is my hope. Turn with me, if you would, to that passage in Hebrews 6. Because I want you to, to read something this morning. I want you to hear something this morning. And I want you to settle something this morning. Do you hear me? I want you to settle something this morning. That you don't never go back to. Because not what Randy Rich said or what Scott says week to week but what God says. Look with me, chapter 6 of Hebrews, verse 13. I'm reading out of the New American Standard. It says, For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no other, he swore by himself, verse 14, saying, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply you. Verse 15, And thus, having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. For men swear by one greater than themselves, and with that oath, given a confirmation, 
is an end to every dispute that they have. In the same way, God desires even more. Listen to that. God desires even more than any promise, any oath that I could make to you or, or anybody, your wife, your anybody. God, listen to this, he promises because his is unchangeable of his purpose interposed with an oath. Not only did God say it, he made an oath. Man, listen to this. In order that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, that we may have strong encouragement, we who have fled for refuge in laying hold of the hope set before us. This hope, listen, this hope, your hope, our hope, we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, one which enters within the veil. Oh man, where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Let me just highlight this because of time. Let me just highlight this. Verse 13, God swore by his own name. Not not what Randy says, not what Scott said. The living God who created all things, made a promise. He swore to you. He swore to you something. And that something is really exciting because His promise is to do what? This is verse 14. To bless us, to sustain us, and cause increase in our life. Now, some people will say, oh, that's you know the things of the world. I'm not talking about that. Man, the best increase in life isn't bought with money. It isn't, it isn't offered through fame. The best increase in life is an ongoing, growing friendship with Jesus Christ. I love to sit out here at the, at the end of church and just ask everybody going out, why did God create you? Why do you think God created you? And it would be unbelievable the answers we would get to serve Him, to glorify Him, to honor Him, to worship Him. Those are all good things. That's not why God created us. God created us. You go back in the first few books of of Genesis, it's very clear. He created us, listen to this, for fellowship. He didn't need it, but He wanted it. And that, that word fellowship in the Hebrew means friendship. God wants to be your friend. And through that friendship, he has a promise. He has a hope that he's put in every one of you. And man, it would be exciting if we had the time to sit here and say, man, what is the hope put in your heart, sweetheart? What is the hope that God has put in you that you've been afraid of? You've put labels on you and you've allowed them to cover up that hope. I'm here today to say, listen, folks, it's time to take that off. Take that off. Let God be all that God wants to be in your life. God's given each one of us A new identity. I'm going to get weird again. What is that new identity? I'm a winner. I am a champion. Is that right? I have been adopted into the royal family of God. I, listen to this, I am a dream maker. Can I hear an amen? Come on. You need to get excited this morning. If you're not, you need to stir it up like Paul told Timothy. Kindle afresh that spirit in you. Because guess what? 
you have been, these cards aren't working the way I want them to, fast as I want them to. You're beautiful. You've been beautifully and wonderfully made. And look at this. I love this one. God, I might put that one right up here. God has a plan for my life. And it's not to hurt me or to harm me, but it's to prosper me in every way. And God has a plan for each one of you. We talk about hope. I saw hope in action yesterday. I saw hope in action yesterday with the team down on Green Street, setting up shop, folks coming by. And this one guy came by, and man, he just, sweetest guy. I won't mention his name. He might be here this morning. But he started talking to Brother Scott, and then he's telling his story, and, and he's telling his story about how a song on Caleb, Revelation from Third Day, just changed his life. I said, what, what, what are you talking about? What, what, what was that about? He said, a couple weeks ago, I was going to try to figure out a way I could end my life and make it look like an accident so my kids wouldn't feel bad. That's a hopeless person. And I saw hope alive yesterday. I saw hope engaged yesterday. I saw people come around and pray. I saw a man full of tears seeing for the first time that he has hope. And it's not, it's not the despair. It's not, it's not the agony of what would people think of him or what would, what would his family think or, or what he had or didn't have in life. He began to see that glimmer of hope that only Jesus Christ can offer. And I want to say, folks, this morning, these are the stickers I want to wear. Because these are the stickers, okay, I might look goofy up here, but I'm going to tell you what, this is what I want to be associated with. Because God says this, when you become a family member, you have a new identity. The old passes away and the new starts now. And, I, and as I was doing my study and looking back, I was, I was looking at, at different things and God just kept showing me different verses. And I started seeing that every time God was doing something special and unique in people's lives, He would take their name and He would change it. He would take Abraham. It was, it was Abram. And he changed his name to Abraham. He took Sarai and he changed her name to Sarah. He took Isaac and changed his name to Jacob. He took Saul and changed his name to Paul. And he, he took Cephas and changed his name to Peter. Let me tell you something. You have a new name this morning. And that is child of the living God. Do you understand that? Child of the living God. And, and if you're here this morning, man, there could be. never know. You're here this morning, and you're thinking, that guy's crazy, man. He's a little excited up there. Where's the football player? That guy's too little. Let me tell you what I know. God likes to take that which is impossible and make it possible. He likes to take that which is broken and make it whole again. And you might be here this morning bringing a whole slew of things bottled up inside of you, okay? Hopeless situations and circumstances. I'm here to tell you, God is a God of hope. And He has hope for you starting today. He's not finished with you. There's a fresh start. There's a fresh identity. This morning, if you become one of His. I'm going to end with a story here. It was a child that went up to his daddy and asked his daddy, 
Daddy, what does God do all day long? You try to answer that question. What does God do all day long? Well, gosh, you want to know what the real answer is? He does everything. He's all-knowing. He's, he's all-present, omnipresent. He's everywhere. But here's what I know. God's lovingly, feverishly excited about taking that which is bad and making it good. Taking that which is broken and making it whole. And I can't believe that there's not somebody here this morning. Somebody brought you or you've been here at church for, I don't know, a number of times. Let me tell you, God wants to do something special. He wants to adopt you into His family. He wants to give you new identity. He wants to fill your heart with hope. You can't have that hope without a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear. It says that we have all sinned. We have all, we're all broken vessels. We have to come to a place of understanding and knowing we need a Savior. There's not a thing I can do about it. I can't work out more. I can't study more. I can't run more sprints and get in better shape like I could in football. I have to come to the cross like we sang about this morning. So I'm going to ask you, if you would, just bow your heads with me. Everybody here, just bow your heads with me. And those of you that are already part of the family, be in prayer because there's somebody sitting next to you that God wants to do something special in their life. He wants to first and foremost change their identity by bringing them into the family of God. And so I just want to, talk, I want to speak to those people right now. As you're sitting there with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, maybe something that I said, and man, that would be a miracle. It wouldn't be what I said, but it would be what God spoke to you about in the Holy Spirit that you want to say this morning, Randy, I want to pray to receive Jesus Christ. I want to, I want to be a member of the family of a God of hope. If you're here this morning, would you be bold enough to just raise your hand? I've been praying for this, just one person to raise their hand. One person. Say, I want, Randy, I want you to pray with me this morning. I see you back there. I see both of you back there. God bless you. I see you back there. God bless you. You say, Randy, I, I, I want to have that God of hope in my life. Raise your hands up high. Come on now, don't be afraid. Don't let the enemy keep you from the joy of knowing Him, the Father. Thank you back there. I appreciate that. I just want you to know it's, it's a simple prayer, but it's a heartfelt prayer. It's a meaning prayer that I want to lead you in this morning. And man, if you're a believer here, and, and, and like me, you've, you've made some mistakes and you just can't see through the future of, of how God would ever use you or, 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 or even forgive you, you can pray a prayer similar to this. You know, confessing your sins before Christ, He's faithful and just to forgive you as a believer, cleanse you this morning. So just pray with me if you would. Lord, we thank You for the awesome power, the awesome plan of salvation that You offered through Jesus. And that today, here in this place, He's alive through the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, desiring to live in us for His glory, for His honor. And, and if you're a person here, you just say simply, Lord, I receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and fall short of the glory. 
But Lord, I'm going to hold true to the promise, that same promise that we just read about. That you have a, a plan for my life. And so I welcome you as Lord and Savior of my life. And I pray it, not because of my will, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to ask you to do something. One other thing here. This is a bold, bold statement. I want the lights up a little bit. I want the lights up if we could. Jesus professed before man. And I'm going to ask you right now. It's a bold move. I want you to stand up. Those of you that raise your hand. I want you to stand up so people... That's it. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. Stand all you guys back there. Thank you up there. Thank you. God bless you. Keep standing. Keep standing. Listen, you got a you got a, a crowd of people around you that love you. You got to stand up everybody. You got a crowd of people around you. Let them love on you. Now I'm going to ask you to come walk up forward. Come on up here where I am. Come on down from the stadium. Come on. Come on down here. My prayer warriors, where are you at? Where are you at? Prayer team. Come on down here. Be bold for Jesus Christ this morning. He was bold for you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, brother. A lot of times, a lot of times we we do that prayer and we just sort of sit down. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus sacrificed publicly. This is the best way to make that profession in Christ. God bless you all. Body of Christ, there's your new family member. Love on them. They need you. They need you. Amen.